Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Cozy Cryptid. I'm your host, Tanner. And this week, we're going south of the border to Mexico. We're going through the states of Mexico. And the first up is Agua Calientes. The Mexican state of Agua Calientes is home to many unusual and unexplained phenomena. From the capture of real-life fairies to the demonic horse-headed woman who lures morally bankrupt men to their doom. To the vicious ghost sucker Chupacabra, join us as we start our descent journey through the lore and mystery of Mexico, starting with the unassuming state of Aguas Calientes. What we got here? First up is Alien Savers. A team of paranormal experts in Mexico say that aliens attained the Hurricane Patricia. They claim that the strange appearance of alleged unidentified flying objects or UFOs hours before the entry of powerful hurricane have been observed. According to experts, the alleged unidentified flying objects appeared on the shores of Manzanillo one day before the entrance to the powerful Hurricane Patricia. Considered by scientists as one of the most destructive phenomena in the history of mankind. In a video that was recorded on the 21st of October 2015, the cell phone, UFOs have been clustered in a group in the night sky. However, the existence of the unified craft has not been conclusively proven. Experts continue to examine the
Uh, hey everybody, uh, Smith Tanner. So let you know that I'm doing a giveaway. Or, here's what you gotta do. Go to twitch.tv forward slash g1tanner. The first 50 followers will be entered in our raffle for a free piece of merch. Have your choice. I'll put the link down in the description so you can find it easier too. Thanks. Footage for signs of ho hoax or tampering. Wow. Well, let me click that link. No. The Aguas Calantes Ferry. Like most good things coming from Mexico, the Mexican ferry has a bite and heat. No cuddly fairy with a kind heart and good intentions that populate children's stories. The Mexican fairy has a decidedly creepy aspect, one that is almost demonic, making the following tales even more terrifying. In the summer of 2011, Jose de Luis Malando, a 20-year-old resident of the Aqua Calientes neighborhood of its capital city without taking guavas with his friend in a small wild grove of fruit trees near his home. From the corner of his eye, he saw a sparkle between two branches. Jose went closer to the source of the light and saw what appeared to be a small bean that resembled a tiny humanoid. He grabbed it and took it back to his house. By the time he arrived home, the small creature had apparently died was also missing a foot. He put it in a jar full of water and formalized it to observe it. Jose showed it to his friends and in a few days people from all around the neighborhood began showing up at his door to see what he had dubbed his Hada Madrina or Fairy Godmother. Lines between began to form outside his door and soon a carnival atmosphere developed. With people selling food like churros and gorditas and trinkets to those waiting outside. Jose began to charge a mission, a few pesos per person to be given as a donation. For 20 pesos or a little over $1 US, one can take a photo of the ferry. Around 3,000 people showed up the house over the course of a few weeks. So, what did this fairy look like? The creature stood about a centimeter and a half tall and was mostly red and white in color with large wings. To some, it looked like a small action figure. To most people who read it, however, it was a real fairy and well worth the price of a few pesos to see. Some neighbors even claimed that the Jose had captured had been buzzing around the neighborhood for weeks. The commotion soon caught the interest of film crews and paranormal investigators. In an interview with Mexican television in his home, Jose recounted his tale and said that he would not let scientists touch the creature. Would he sell it? No, he told the reporters. He planned to either leave it at the Santa Paula Cemetery in the heart of Guadalajara, Guadalajara or throw it off the Arsenio Bridge into the Lamar River. 
The TV interviewers talked to members of the public in the crowd outside who had chipped in a few pesos and stood on line for an hour to see the alleged ferry. Not a single person interviewed believed that what they saw in Jose's home was a fabrication or hoax. When scrutiny became too intense, Jose announced the viewing to the ferry would cease. And so ended the Corrientes ferry story. This isn't the only such story in Mexico, however. Most cultures throughout the world have stories or folklore involving smaller magical beings that live secretly among humans. The notion of a Tinkerbell-like fairy who flies around granting wishes and who serves as an unseen helper of people is deeply rooted in many Western European cultures, combining Celtic, Germanic, and Greco-Roman traditions. The smaller, more familiar winged type of fairy only first appeared in Victorian England after the 19th century. Most of all accounts and stories of supposed fairies included the Christians of miniature people with wings, much like the jarred little creature in the Colina, the capital city of Aquacalintas. For most of history in Western Europe, fairies were seen as somewhat malevolent and eager to play tricks on humans or cause general havoc. It was only during the Victorian England and after a market rise in literacy did fairy stories come out in print, and books appeared telling tales of the magical, helpful creatures we can e- easily recognize today. In the U.S., Disney ran with the idea of fairies and further developed the modern conception of these mythical creatures. Ancient Mexico has its own beliefs regarding unseen little people that closely approximate what many would consider members of a fairy race. Those ancient beliefs are still held by some people living in Mexico to this day. These creatures are called Eluxis and Junkies. On May 26, 2007, on a ranch outside the town of Metepec in the central Mexican state of Hidalgo, a strange mess creature was captured in an animal trap. The following month, it was brought to the attention of the Mexican public by consummate paranormal investigator Jamie Musson, host of the television show Tessa Melino. A film crew went out to the Metepec ranch and dead began to formal investigation. The creature was hunched over and measured about 8 inches long, had human features and characteristics except for a long tail and sharp, angry-looking teeth. There was no evidence of wings, but people still thought it was a fairy or some, or some other creature that has not yet been identified. The being dubbed by Jamie Mosson, the creature of Mepec was poked and prodded and his DNA was sent to various labs. During this investigation, something curious happened which only adds to the bizarre nature of the story. The discoverer of this creature was found dead. His car was abandoned and then his body was found a few days later burned, almost beyond recognition. Some alleged that he was killed by other small, similar creatures that has acted revenge and were angry at the fact that one of their own had been killed by the animal trap. Others believe that the man was killed to cover up the real story behind this, 
suppose fairy being. Five laughs investigating the creature of the pick came up with a different conclusion. One laugh said that the son's DNA was human. Three of the five laughs said their testing was inconclusive. One going so far as to say that DNA was from a yet unknown from a yet unknown animal. The remaining lab came to a totally different conclusion. The DNA was found a small female Mexican monkey, a kind of spider monkey called a monotiti in Spanish. Many researchers contended that the DNA analysis was inconclusive in this case because the creature had been handled so many times and the DNA was contaminated and untestable. The television show Tercimino offered the owners of the alleged fairy 300,000 pesos to purchase it, but the owners declined. The body of the creature probably ended up going missing, and no further investigations on the strange fairy-like animal were conducted. Leaving its true identity shrouded in mystery, but that isn't all, not by a long shot. Perhaps the most famous case of modern Mexican fairies was showcased on the television show Nostra Dia, seen by millions of Mexicans on the now defunct Caterias Television Network. Based in Mexico City, Caterias you know, uh, also had affiliates in three populous border towns, Juarez, Mezcalera, and Nogales. On the show, which aired on Friday, January 11th, 2013. Paranormal investigator Ana Luisa Sid brought out a cotton line box and a story about its context. The four hosts of the show, comfortable in a living room like feel of the studio, asked Ana Luisa Sid pointed questions of what they were about to see, and she was happy to tell the story. This fairy tale began sometime in the year 2010 in the state of Mexico in a wooded area near the municipality of Tutilion. A hearing impaired boy was wandering in the woods. When his hearing aid began to act up, there was some kind of static and the boy heard voices of children. He followed the road to try to find out where the voices were coming from. And the boy soon found himself in a Part of the forest that had been recently scorched by a forest fire. Among the charred remains of the trees and underbrush, the boy found two small bodies. Thinking they were rare animals, he took them home. About a year and a half later, the boy's family contacted Anna Louise Sid to have the creatures investigated. Sid enlisted the help of the biologist. Dr. Enrique Ortiz Corion of SOS Health Laboratory, SOS Health Laboratory, who started the examination in the boy's home. Dr. Ortiz then took samples and later put the creatures through a series of tests in his lab. Notably, 
radiographs, x-rays, magnetic resonance, and pathological analysis. After giving sufficient background, Anna Luisa said remove the lid on the box she brought to the show and revealed what she had been talking about. Inside the box was what appeared to be the charred or modified remains of a small humanoid with two sets of wings and carefully stepped beaters that were remarkably human. The two sets of wings included an upper set of larger wings, like those of a bat, and a secondary set of wings, much like those found on a beetle. The facial features of the creature looked like that of a person, except the ears were higher in the head, and the mouth had sharp teeth. Sid theorized that the bear was a carnivore, and had teeth like that to eat insects, and the flesh of small animals. The creature had thin, extended legs. It was unclear whether this fairy was male or female. The host, of, host and Analyza Sid began to theorize what exactly they were looking at. Sid explained that the x-rays revealed that the creature was one piece and wasn't made of parts of other animals and insects called together to make a new creature. The x-rays showed bones and that the winds were reinforced by cartilage. Tests showed that the fairy was definitely organic. The family enlisted the help of the investigators at UCLA, which is the University of California, Los Angeles, but researchers at the university wanted to cut apart the fairies and destroy them, so the family has said no to this, more invasive analysis. Anna Luisa Sid also enlisted the help of a man named Antonio Vasquez Alba, known as El Brujo Mayor, or the head warlock in English. A researcher of paranormal phenomena in other dimensions. When Vasquez approached the creature, he had sensed brain activity in one of them. As self-proclaimed vibrations specialist, he said he could sense a high intelligence in the creature. That it was a real thinking being. Other than going down the ancestral route, Alberto Mayer sensed that the fairies were extra-dimensional. It came from another dimension. At the end of the Nostro Dia show, which is one of the most popular episodes in the brief history of the program, Sid announced a viewing of the creature at a small rental hall in the colonial Roma area, Mexico City, the following day. Admission for children was 100 pesos and for adults, 200 pesos. After his public viewing in January of 2013, Uh, nothing more was heard of these fairies, and a follow-on just seemed to end. Given the rarity of fairy sightings in Mexico and the disparagements of most of the evidence surrounding cases of fairies, one might want to think seriously about whether or not they are all just poorly conducted hoaxes on a gullible Mexican public, or maybe not. You decide. Hey guys, this is Heather and Kristen, the hosts of Sinister Sweethearts podcast, and we want to share with you a little bit about our show. 
If you're looking for fun banter between old college sweetmates about all things paranormal, sinister, weird, and generally creepy, check out our podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. Are you looking for a new adventure? Did you ever want to visit the city where all your nightmares reside? Well, you're in luck! Join us, your tour guides, Christine and Jen, to visit Nopeville, where you will be personally escorted on an all-inclusive trip through the city and see all possibilities of terror and fright. You'll see all sorts of things on your tours, including, but definitely not limited to, the paranormal, true crime, the supernatural, and more. If you're into all that and enjoy a little dark humor, book your tour today and nope right along with us. Check us out on our website at nopevillepodcast.com to see where you can listen to Nopeville today. Horsewoman of Aqua Calientes. In Mexico, the legend of the Cinquanaba is presented in almost the entire country, mostly through Mesoamerica. What do you call her? Maquiractil, Matosua, Estebe, Zitba, or properly, Horseface Woman. There are multiple testimonies and stories about this horror. They all have in common that they can only be seen at night along roads in desolate places. Being known as the night owl man, partiers, womanizers, or drunkards, or all of the above. She shows herself as a woman with an attractive body, very well formed, always presenting her back or seen walking away. Her face completely covered by either her hair or a large veil. Invariably, the victims feel fascinated and attracted to the beautiful woman, whom she decides to follow or approach, filling her with compliments and estimations of all kinds. She always ignores and tries to hide her face even more, which always, always provokes the victim's assistance, until she turns his way, giving him the fright of his life. So the woman has a horse head and red eyes. Sometimes she utters phrases like, Do I still look beautiful to you? Or, I also like you a lot. The victim screams in terror and flees from there as fast as his legs allow. Now, without the effects of alcohol, and swears never to drink again. Although, these are cases in which the victim is touched and died shortly thereafter. Despite attempts by the family to cure him of dread, it is not like the famous weeping woman who causes terror to whoever has the misfortune to meet her or hear her famous scream, regardless of gender, age, or any other characteristics. It should be mentioned that sometimes her head varies. Not only can it be that of a horse, can, but it can also be that of a dog, a pig, an old man's face, a skull, or a disfigured and bloody face. Likewise, the horse's head also varies. It can be that of a common horse, a horse skull, 
getting putrefied in the face with rotten meat or horse face with hanging rotten skin. In the state of Nawit, there's a version there is a version similar to the Salvadoran version. According to the Nawit version, it was a woman or moon goddess who was the wife of God Tadok, with whom she had a son, who treated her badly, abandoned her, and was unfaithful to her. Who, after discovering his bad actions, he cursed her, calling her Siwa Nahaba, which means horrible woman. Being condemned to wander the countryside, appearing to men as a beautiful woman, and by the time they got close, she revealed a hideous horse face. She has always been seen more frequently on roads, rivers, fields, and other rural areas. Its victims are mainly infidels, whom it tracks to drive them crazy or kill them. The state of Quadilla was the city of Torreon. This terrible specter that frightens men could actually be a woman who receives a curse or was the victim of witchcraft, black magic, or satanic ritual. So could, would, would be an evil or demonic entity seeking revenge. They appear to be to lustful, womanizing men. Another version tells that this was a beautiful young woman who received a curse, turning her into this being. Condemned to be with her woman's body and horse's head, the young woman would be normal, but when they approached her, her face would become that of a horse, and everyone would run away from fright, so she would never find true love and be alone forever. In the state of Nuevo Leon, they say that he is seen on the roads at night in search of punishing Justice, gangsters, womanizers, or any man who goes astray to kill him. It's also said to cause accidents. In the state of Puebla, it is known as the Andalana, where it is described as a spectrum has multiple forms. It's said to seduce men who roam the mountains in order to drive them mad or kill them. Some say he dresses in white, she dresses in white, has chicken feet and floats in the air. The state of Guaran is known as the Chakantika, where it is said to be the fruit of a relationship between a common woman and a Chiki. And a Chiki. She was given the opportunity to get to know the outside world. Like her father, she was very much in love with the men, but the men rejected her. For that reason, she had to take revenge on men by seducing them and killing them. On Oxica, where he she is known as the Mathusa or Badwala. She is associated with Zapotec, Deity of Death, formerly known as Mutkatukato. Uh, according to the old belief, this was the one that reigned and was in charge of collecting the souls of the deceased to take them to the underworld. It was the husband of Mutkatili, the Lord of the Dead. It is also believed to be the soul and pain of a woman who is cruel and murderous and wanders in this world by way of punishment. This specter is said to punish people's wrongdoings or sins, but is generally 
appears to men who be drunkards, womanizers, partygoers, those abandoned, who abandoned their family. She appears to them as a beautiful woman, a mixed race, draws them towards a ravine, and when they approach her, she fills her horse face, or human skull. According to other versions, although most of them at the time, she has never seen face, which causes the man to fall into a ravine, leaving them to suicide. And to the thorns, so they call bleed to death. Although there are times when the victim survives, waking up in the thorns, in pain, and without remembering anything that happened. Other versions say that the Mothawasa bays or combs in the rivers of Oaxaca, and whoever invades their space, takes her comb, suffers the consequences. In other versions, like the Guatemalan and Nicaraguan versions, it is stated that she is not a single being, but there are several that even cooperate with each other to scare the victims, communicate with each other with whistles, or leave the men stunned but alive. In the state of Durango, it is better known as the Cabalona, where it will also appear to men with sinful behavior. Here it devours or warns them. In the state of Jalisco, she is generally described as a woman dressed entirely in black, which will appear to lovers and drunkards. Uh, in the state of Agua Calientes, especially in the city of Cabrillo, it is believed that the horse-faced woman was a beautiful woman who was unfaithful to him with uh, many suitors or with her lover according to other versions. But one day the husband discovered her her doing one of her infidelities with her lover who incredibly stayed jealously killed her lover. In the meantime he tied his hands with a rope and holding her by the rope tied her hands with a rope and holding her by the rope and made to run beside the horse. This caused the poor woman to be seriously injured and her face was disfigured, which looked like a horse. The injuries were so severe that she ended up dying. Since then, it is said that at night, an attractive woman kept seeing walking Jesus' man with bad behavior, especially unfaithful men, as punishment. So later revealed that she has a horse's face. In town square, there's a monument of the horse-faced woman of which many of the inhabitants do not know the legend and its origin. In the southeast of the Republic, we call it the Zedet Bay or Zedeba, which is uh, according to the main legend, an evil spirit that lives in the Zedeba trees. In Zedeba trees and seduces anyone who comes near some of these trees. This was the main goddess, dominated as a Zedeba, who's the goddess of the hanged. The latter rewarded two sides of heaven, but the rival of Christianity, she is now the punisher and demon woman who scares the man. A second version tells that this was a land princess named Sulue, daughter of Governor Halak Munich, who had fallen in love with a young warrior and they saw each other in a Seba tree. It was seen by the granddaughter of a witch. The spell killed her mainly. Then they left the body in the bush. Although there are other versions that they say that the warrior was assistant to the help to which the helper kills to the way.
Well, whatever its origins of Zebe, it is said that it is the woman who appears in the Sabo tree. Finding her long black hair, waiting for a man to approach her and start seducing them to later reveal her true identity. Demonic looking and face with horse features. Disfigured face or a pale woman's face with yellow eyes and snake tongue, according to other versions. Sometimes she lets them go, which drives them crazy, or at other times they die of fright. Following is a Chiapas version, the state of Chiapas, and this last version is known as the No Yomo, Tisigua, or Tisinia. In some regions or places, it is considered as an evil spirit, others as a benign spirit. It is said that she is the wife of the Sombrio. It is said that she appears to men who are unfaithful. She bathes in lakes and other bodies of water. When they approach, she reveals a demonized horse face or disfigured face, according to the best known versions, that kills them. Many of the unfortunate ones have seen it change, have seen it change forever. Many of their relatives know that they no longer eat and see that in the corner they are seen sitting or standing waiting for the Tizuka or Tisinila to return. In other regions of Chiapas, it is said that Wanaba may appear on the road asking motorcyclists for a ride, and after a while of walking, it transforms into a monster with the head of a horse. In other regions, it is known like the Yagola Junta, who, like the Mayan oxen versions, the witches' men with their beautiful body. She also leads them to a ravine, and then begins to throw them off the cliff by causing them to fall down the ravine, leading them to suicide. It is said that they see that the woman flew through the air, but do not give so much points to one to reach her. In addition, some also sign that she is accompanied by the Cadillo, and together they charge a punching man of ill repute into living a better life. Whatever version you believe, beware when now traveling alone in rural areas where you might lead or might be forced or faced with the dreaded horsewoman of Mexico. The Chupacop. Hey everyone, you're invited to Harpy Hour! I'm Tracy. I'm Liz. I'm Steph. We are the Harpies. And Harpy Hour is our new podcast featuring ridiculous stories in history, science, and entertainment. Were you ever suspicious that pigeons were secretly spying on you? How do you know who to eat first if you survive a shipwreck? Do problematic musicals send you into an uncontrollable rage? If so, then Harpy Hour might be your new favorite podcast. That's H-A-R-P-Y for Harpy, and new episodes air every Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on all social media at Harpy Hour Pod. And check us out on harpyhourpodcast.com. Okay, bye!
it wouldn't be a complete episode about Mexican cryptids without mentioning the Chupacabra, because inside it more often in recent months, leading to renewed interest in the little sucker, ghost sucker, that is. Chupacabra in the Mexican popular legend is a monstrous creature that attacks animals and feeds on their blood. The name is derived from the Spanish words chupar, which means to suck, and cabra, which means goat. It can be translated as goat sucker. The chupacabra has been characterized as the southern equivalent of the Sasquatch. But unlike its comparatively gentle northern encrypted neighbor, the chupacabra has a reputation for mayhem and death. Chupacabras were first reported in 1995 in Puerto Rico, where they were blamed for attacks on goats, sheep, and other domestic animals, supposedly living uneaten carcasses or drained of blood in addition to the two telltale holes in the side of an animal's neck. Early reports described a creature that stood upright and resembled a large reptilian kangaroo with huge red eyes. No actual specimens were found. Discussion suggested that the witnesses may have been illnessed by the Hollywood Talent Space Horror Film Species, released in 1995, which is, by the way, a great movie. I love that movie, Species. Sequel's really good, too. Uh, which features a monster of similar appearance, but other signs were reported throughout the Americas and as far north as the United States. A different type of chupacabra was also reported in many of the same places. These chupacabras were smaller and stood upon four feet. They were generally canine in appearance but hairless. Theories about the chupacabra's origin are as varied as the science themselves. The most popular explanation is that the product of a top secret U.S. government genetics experiment in the rainforest of Puerto Rico. Some suggest that it's an extraterrestrial being brought to Earth on spaceships. Still, others suggest that this mysterious creature is part of a sinister biological warfare program over the embodiment of God's wrath. Artistic renderings often pick it as having blue-hued skin, a forked tongue, claws, red eyes, protruding fangs, and a spiky patch of hair running down its back. The chupacabra had a heyday of about five years between 1995 in 2000, when it was widely reported in Puerto Rico, Mexico, Chile, Nicaragua, Argentina, and Florida, among other places, almost all of them in Spanish-speaking areas. After the year 2000, a strange thing happened. Signs of the weird, alien, bipedal, spiky-backed chupacabra faded away. Instead, the Hispanic vampire took a very different form. A canine animal resembling hairless dogs or coyotes, mostly found in Texas and America, in the American Southwest. This was an important turning point because suddenly Richards had an animal carcass to scientifically examine. <coughs> Sorry. Huh. The chupacabras were submitted to the DNA test, and in every instance, the body had been identified as a coyote. A dog, a raccoon, or other common mammal. Losing a streak was a parasitic mange infection that caused the animals to lose its fur and take on a gaunt, monstrous appearance. 
Though the animal left behind as victims to Bacaba rally report to be drained of blood, this is a myth. Suspected Chupacabra victims have been unfortunately autopsied. Invariably, they are real to obtain plenty of blood. So what attacked the animals, if not the dreaded Chupacabra? Sometimes the simplest answer is the correct one. Ordinary animals, mostly dogs and coyotes. These animals essentially go for a victim's neck, and their canine's teeth leave puncture wounds that resemble vampire marks. Though many people assume that dogs and coyotes would eat or tear up the animals they attack, wildlife predation experts know this is too a myth. Often they would simply bite the neck and leave it to die. Phyllis Kingan holds the head of what she called a cheap crowd at her home in Carroll, Texas. On Friday, August 31st, 2007, she found a strange looking animal dead. Outside her ranch and thinks it's responsible for killing many of their chickens. But to her disappointment, it was her in. The ugly, big eared animal found is not the mythical bliss like a chupacabra, it's just a plain old coyote. Though the canine chupacabras were identified, the questions remained What happened to the original chupacabra? Why did it suddenly appear on, in August 1995 and vanish only a few short years? As reported in the press, it turned out that Chupacabra could be traced back to a single original eyewitness, a Puerto Rican woman named Madeline Tolentino, whose sign became the basis for all other accounts of the creature. She offered a detailed description of the Chupacabra, bipedal, dark eyes, long limbs, and spikes along its back that did not match any known animal if it was real. However, Tornito's Chupacabra was nearly identical to an alien monster in the science fiction horror film, Species. These similarities were too great to be coincidence. She had not recently seen the film, but stated in interviews that the movie monster looked like the Chupacabra, with spines on its back, and all the resemblance of the Chupacabra was really impressive. She was the first person to report seeing the Chupacabra. And her report was very influential, appearing not only on the front pages of the local newspaper, but all over the internet. Soon, other eyewitnesses repeated and exaggerated her description. But it's clear that what she described came from a movie, not real life. Though there's little mystery left from a scientific point of view. The ghost sucking monster will continue to be reported whether the creature exists or not, simply because the public has come to call any strange unknown creature. A chupacabra. Alright everybody, that's been Cozy Cryptid. Thank you for listening to this episode. And I hope to see you next week. Remember, stay cozy. Well, now that you know where you never should roam, sleep safely. But keep one eye open in case they still follow you home.
However, I want to let you know that you can save 25% off your order by using the promo code COZY on checkout on the merch store. Also, thank you for listening to this episode of the Cozy Cryptid. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brubble. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.